When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, this is Kathy, and this is the Cinema Wilder podcast where we record our walk home from the movies, but we also do a lot more than that. We do regular TV reviews over on our Patreon and have been reviewing Succession since season one. Given it's coming back next week, which we can't wait for, we thought we would post the finale of season three and us chatting about it here for anyone who wants a refresher before the new season comes back and then please come over to patreon.com forward slash the cinema to join us chatting about it weekly Right, hello guys, welcome to our Succession Season 3 finale episode. What a finale that was. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of want to watch it again before we talk about it, except that would mean we wouldn't record this episode for days because we won't have a chance to watch it I again. wanted to watch it immediately. Yeah, and actually I, it was really interesting because we said last week we were going to be in Ireland to watch it this week and we were and we watched it with Dave's mom, who's never seen an episode of Succession and said, oh, I'll just sit and read my book while you guys watch it. And she proceeded, she, was she watched the entire episode and I realised the episode worst worked 100% as a standalone episode. Yeah, as always, full spoilers Yeah, uh, full here. spoilers. But the, um, yeah, so even She like, loved it. She was like, oh God, I need to go back and start this Ken- thing. Kendall even like explains in explicit detail his sort yeah. of tragic end of season one. Um, There's so, so much to talk about. We're not going to have time to cover it all because we're out for a walk now and then we're going to come back later and finish yeah, it Yeah, so this is going to be a, a two-parter. Um, <laughs> so there'll be a little gap in the middle. But, um, but wow. let's okay. So we'll finish. Wow, what an amazing <laughs> episode! Like an real that real like a real climax. Why do we have to wait a whole year? Can't they just? I film know, but back what to back succession a, all year long? What a finale! So um, here's how we're gonna run this. Um, let, <laughs> there's a lot. A lot happened, so we're gonna f- naturally uh, finish with the sort of conclusion of this episode and the standoff. Um, and we'll talk about the siblings as well and uh, the, how they unite uh, and how amazing all of that was. Um, but let's maybe just talk about our sort of top line impressions of this episode before we go, and then we'll just go through some of the individual plots because a lot happened. Um, we're, we're, because sorry, because we're in, we're in Ireland now, you're actually hearing tractors. That was an actual tractor. Um, so. I think for me this was naturally like very tense and drama filled there's a big lorry standing here Um, this was naturally like quite tense and filled with drama but I for me I thought this was one of the most emotionally charged episodes of Succession I've ever seen it was one of the most sort of human and heartwarming in many ways as well <laughs> like, like it's very Dave, if you call this heartwarming you've got heart, heart was heartwarming well, I we, mean, finally, we saw the gang get together finally saw those siblings unite yeah. and I think for me you know we've said previously that this feels like Roman's season and I feel uh, maybe t- maybe Tom's season in many ways but this, <laughs> this felt like a, this was the re- a real turning point for Roman more so than Kendall and Shiv who I feel like well Kendall was already over on <laughs> way out on his own as he says but for Shiv and Shiv was kind of on the fence but Roman really like took a brave step this episode but, but more about that later I was I was quite personally affected by the way the siblings treated each other in this episode and the and the acting on display here from everybody was just insane like give all the awards to succession next year they, um, I think they like it's interesting because for me as an episode it wor- it worked as such accumulation an incredible accumulation of three seasons worth of plot 
And I actually, I'm just going to come right out and say it. My MVP of the episode is Jesse Armstrong. Is that his name? Yes. yes. I mean, the writing. 100%. How to bring it all together and you've all the pieces laid down and the very ending when the mom Sorry, Je- Jer- sorry, Jeremy's. Do you mean Jesse Armstrong, the writer of the show? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Jesse Armstrong. I always mix up him and Jeremy Strong, who plays confusing. Kendall. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, for it all to come together and for them all, it all to be snatched away because the mom has a toy boy who wants to curry a favor yeah. with Logan Roy was just like, oh. It's all so Machiavellian. It's so good. And do you so know- I think the like the above all else, and it's beautiful. The acting is phenomenal. But, but the writing just blows oh, me away. Oh, the writing is insane, and also oh. the foreshadowing, right? The the um, Nero and Spuros <laughs> mentioned, like the beginning of the season by Tom, uh, you know, Roman, uh, Roman or Greek, I forget, uh, mythological characters who he explains explicitly to Greg, who betrays his pregnant wife and <laughs> marries his <laughs> his and his you've cuckold. Got, like, and we were like, we were be like, my Spuros. Themes of like. The people who who these characters, say these three core siblings, have most trod upon and like took taken for granted, come back and bite them in the arse. Yeah. So you've got uh, Kendall completely taking Greg for granted all the time, being awful to him at his birthday party, but but needing Greg at the end of last season to give him the papers. Uh, Shiv being awful to her husband. Yeah, awful. Um, and Roman always relying on Jerry and like yeah. bit weird relationship they have but always presuming Jerry's got his back. But he pushed it too far. And, and then they, all they, they all them, pushed it too far. So they all deserve it but at the same time we're rooting for I know, them. that's why it's so brilliant. <laughs> we hate them. They're awful people but yet we love them because and we, I feel bad for them. It's such good and, writing because individually we're kind of to an extent not really rooting for any of them but because what we're rooting for them is the collective they finally all became one yeah. they're a hive mind they're they, finally going to work together they're so powerful that scene in the and taxi. then they're undone by all the people that they fucked yes. over and yes. they deserve it they did it to themselves <laughs> and that's why it's so like it, it is like a Greek tragedy on so many levels and do you know what it's also just like this episode felt very and a lot of people are calling this out online there's like almost deliberate like visual references to the Godfather. Mm-hmm. Like it feels very. I mean, it's it is. Mom in, said uh, this is very like the Godfather. It is. Yeah, my mom <laughs> called it. It's like it's like it's in Italy. There's a, a, the musical cues at the wedding sounded like the Godfather score, <laughs> and that final, um, that final moment um, where Logan puts his hand on Tom's shoulder and Shiv witnesses it through that door. door. It's the exact, it's the reverse of the final shot of the first Godfather with Al Pacino and Diane Keaton and the door being closed. It's very reminiscent of that. Anyway, we said we were (laughs) not going to talk about the end. And here we are, but yeah, it's but just doing, too good to we miss. We have to talk about like how the series and the episode like course, mixed together sorry. before but we get into the details. We're going to come back to that because I just want to talk about this forever. But we're going to let's fl- let's go back to the start of the episode because a lot the end the ending of this episode was so monumental that you forget it all just overshadows all the amazing stuff that came but before. So much happened that I couldn't even take proper notes. Like I could barely follow it. I was like, I do need a rewatch. It was intense. So. We open we we open on a very small and quiet scene, which I thought was unusual for this show. Very which is, unusual. Tends to be very fast paced. Like the dialogue is fast paced. The plot is moving at a hundred miles an hour. But it's interesting. And we open already with the siblings. After what happened, Kendall in the last episode, we open with the single, the siblings on a different beat because well they're kind of joined together because they're at their mom's wedding Logan reading to, yeah, the, to the grandson there, there's, a, there's an element of concern for Kendall but also the siblings are like kind of joined forces for this whole episode which is quite unusual yes and they are from the off from the off expressing emotions of love and concern and probably tied together with the fact that you're at your mom's wedding they do feel like more of a unit than we've if you think about Kendall's birthday episode and how they felt in that but but what the other thing yeah I, t- I completely agree but the, the other thing that struck me about this opening scene where they're playing Monopoly um, I felt like the Monopoly was a little on the nose a little bit on the nose like, like I would have rather than seen them say like playing snakes and ladders or something yeah. do you know what I mean it's I mean it's a bit too obvious and then and they even shoehorned in some income tax jokes but the um, what I really appreciated about that scene was that as a contrast it made me realize as a contrast to every other scene in the entirety of succession the characters are always talking about the plot 
right? They are. There's always a reason to be in those rooms together. They're always, always talking about business and the company. Yeah. We, I cannot think of a scene when it is just characters chilling or there is no uh, objective to the scene or it's, it's not propelling the plot forward. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. Is, this was, That's I've, why the writing's unbelievable. Like. It was just a quiet moment, which you never get in succession. Both of Logan reading to the grandson, which is <laughs> post what happened in the last episode, kind of chilling for some reason. There was, there was just a, there was a chill down my spine as he read to that boy. Well, it's like the boy and, likes a simple story and Logan's already questioning the boy's intellect instead of... And then he just go, are you okay... And he goes, you know, your dad's fine, right? But like, the implication is that the kid slash PR assistant, the kids saw and found their dad in the pool. Yeah. Like, that's really awful. So I it was surprising to see that Logan would have cared enough about his grandkids to even be reading them a story. That actually surprised me. I thought really interesting move as well for the show to not, uh, you know, I think lesser shows would uh, dwell in the moment, the drama of that moment, right? Of finding of children, the children finding him in the pool, being rushed to yeah. the hospital, all but that kind show, of stuff. This show, like this, we know, they don't care about kids. <laughs> well, they don't. But they, no, but it's the more that the show is more interested in the quiet aftermath of a tragic event. Yeah, um, they didn't show us anyone finding it. Which his I think body. is more interesting. And anyway, so yeah, I agree a little bit on the nose with them playing Monopoly, but I I really liked it. Really set the tone for this episode, like you say, of the siblings reuniting. It, and Roman kind of says to Shiv. Oh, I heard what you tried to do, as in about Jerry. And Shiv's like, oh yeah, fuck off. And that's it. Jerry didn't make the complaint. Shiv's moves over. And that's like, it's this constant game of moves where like we think something big is going to happen from the end of the last episode because of Shiv leaning on Jerry to make a statement. But in fact, nothing happened and they're just, they've moved past it already. Yeah. But what the Roman plot really served was to undermine his status with his dad, which is what the show needed to do. Um, sorry, there's a car is coming. I'm standing here. Um, uh, so basically, we're, we're walking down a country road where there are no <laughs> footpaths. It's a bit. Uh, so basically, that that's I love that just throwaway line of like Roma knows what Shiv tried to do and no hard feelings. Grand, sure I would have made the same move myself. The show does move on quick, doesn't it? It really moves and the, on. Um, uh, the other interesting thing I thought about this scene was the way. Okay, the way everyone is acting. Everyone is acting very differently because of what happened to Kendall they're almost so, like hey buddy yeah they're really, which shows over. shows a sort of um, an acknowledgement that they are human beings I mean they think that he tried to commit suicide yeah they, they I think they express concern for him in their own sort of way and I and think that like, only escalates throughout this, throughout this episode and one of them says and I can't remember who I wrote it down one of them says I love you I don't want you to die yeah and then but then Kendall's like you need an intervention you need an intervention you need an intervention you can take this little committee of public fucking safety and fuck off and then Connor's like you need to stop trying to kill Pop and then Logan and then Kendall and then again Kendall just proves to be awful because he's like you have no idea how it feels as the eldest son to have something promised to and me and then that, that taken hung away. that hung for about you know half a minute to the point where I actually and said to Dave's mom like for your reference your man's actually yeah. the oldest son <laughs> even she'd figured it out <laughs> just from looking at them and like what again hats off to Alan Ruck in he's this so scene good. because that half a minute where between Kendall saying uh, as the eldest son and before his eruption his body language is so perfectly um, <laughs> conveyed he's got a knife and he's scraping the table and he is <laughs> and just he's like I'm the he's at son! tipping point and I thought it's just a beautiful moment for like, like there's not a lot of Connor in this episode but like this is a, this was an, uh, an amazing sort of um uh, peak an emotional peak for for Connor as a character and it, it kind of tells us a couple of things about him it's just like well he says I am the eldest son of our father I didn't see Pop for three years yeah. and it's like ooh because we were talking in the last episode wondering what the relationship between him and their mother is because it's all a bit strange and then he says I didn't see Pops for three years so presumably when his dad left him remarried their mom, and there's some simmering resentment there and I'm like and we know like he was sort of a father figure to the boys because he, for example, took them camping on that trip that ended up being accredited to the dad. Yeah. And he's the one who would like his most says to the siblings, like, I love you. Like he's always the most affectionate and the least cruel to the siblings. And you just see this sense of like, he's constantly being, like Kendall truly thinks he's the eldest son. Like, 
But that what, is, that Kendall is so crazily self-centered in that moment. In, insane. But they, but they kind of all are, even Con. However, I think what's well, interesting... We know Kendall is, like we do know when we learn even more from this episode, like Kendall's profoundly depressed. He feels like disconnected from his own body yeah. and his own family. But he's still... <laughs> Has the gall to claim to be the eldest son when he isn't. But but I think, the, you know, we see progression between this episode and the last episode from Kendall in terms of his self-awareness. And I think that explosive conversation with his father in the last episode really, you know, he's echoing that man's words in this episode. I'm not a good person. I think he's finally coming to terms with the fact that he's not who he thinks he is in many ways. But I think what's interesting to me with Kendall is that he starts this episode he goes on a bit of a journey in this episode alone he starts this episode coming back from hospital um, he's like I just had one too many limoncillos yeah it's tempting he's he's almost trying to build up this his armour again if you consider his sort of his the fantasy that it constructs about himself which we talked about last episode about the white knight and the hero he almost attempts to build that up over himself again you know with his like you know I'm very busy there's lots of things happening I'm go- I'm, I'm talking about putting all the documents up on Instagram oh my god I've got a Vanity Fair piece coming and and we realise that that illusion that he's trying to build up isn't even like it, it, even the PR person says to them that we're chasing Vanity Fair like there is nothing there but Yet she's he's, so he's inappropriate by, she by the way well yes but, unprofessional but very unprofessional but by default he comes out and he's it's this almost subconscious instinct for him him now just to be firing on these cylinders and it's only I think his his energy for that world which he has created for himself wanes very quickly throughout this episode and as soon as there's a legitimate business crisis he cannot and will not handle it he says I don't want to be involved Shiv just leave me alone I mean, and he's she incredibly drags depressed. him into it and, and I think and he's incredibly disconnected from the situation and and I think he the elements all the elements of last episode of like the cruelty really from both of his parents from I mean Logan was explicitly cruel to him but his mother also saying you know you can only come to half my wedding because my fiance she makes it very clear from the last episode they've shown the scenes like the seeds my fiance wants your dad at certain events so therefore you can't be there and and he and he said and we laughed about it you know your your ex-husband that you hate is like getting preferential treatment over the son that you love and it's like all of that and, and then it but it is very serious because Kendall is with his children and acting like that like very unsafely so there's so much going on and come here we're only in the first scene of this episode like how are we going to get through it well because we have to go back to work in 10 minutes the uh, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get there we're coming back <laughs> later um so can, before we move on from that scene I've also let's just t- let's just finish off on Connor um because the, the the other bit we get with Connor is um you know, he's post his sort of meltdown with his siblings and he's uh, with... Uh, what's his... Um, Willow. Willow. And yeah, he says, you. my so, campaign is fucked and you're going to leave me. My family hates me and I love you. And I then know, she and goes... I thought this was one of the most honest... He, You know, he's one of the most honest characters. We've said it throughout this oh, yeah, he's season. He's consistently yeah. honest and speaks the truth and doesn't and he does really like deal... He, he doesn't to be deal a good in, big brother. He's not duplicitous. No. I think he's very lacking in self-awareness like Kendall and he's also presents sort of you know like his dad he's he's, he knows how to manipulate situations to his advantage we've seen that earlier in the season but he does that from a business perspective more so like even when Shiv was doing that letter about about Kendall he was like no way Shiv he's also the least cruel of all of them it's probably because he doesn't have their mom well I think possibly yeah he didn't he didn't grow up we, we don't know about his mother but uh, but their mom's very cruel I think for me I think the way to look at it is he's almost serves Connor almost serves as an interesting sort of comparison point to the rest of the siblings and I think the closer the show is kind of saying the closer you are in proximity to Logan and the business the worse you become yeah you're more corrupt and I think the same is uh, is true of Tom if you look at Tom throughout his his whole you know starting as a potentially like I think he is a nice person at heart <laughs> this is him breaking bad as with Greg they literally say let's who needs souls anyway let's make a deal <laughs> with the devil like they, they're even aware of what they're doing but I think Connor has been apart from the business and tried to get kind of get into the, it this season and but was also apart out. from the dad when he said I didn't see Pop for three years do you know what Connor you were probably better He's off better off and I think because it has because that child that cruelty that we witness in that final scene again with, with how 
uh, Logan speaks and acts to his children. He's so cruel that yeah. Khan is better off to have had less exposure with him. And when Willow says, fuck it, you're a nice man, I'll Ex- marry you. I thought it's that like was he lovely. is nice. It was quite, it was in Matt, a way. He's now got the- all of his own problems, <laughs> but he's never cruel. To her, you get the impression that as much as she's bored by him and thinks he's a buffoon, there's nothing there that's sinister or like even when you just see callously how Roman's walking around talking to the like Count Contessa about about Greg he's so horrible yeah, unnecessarily cruel and you just get the impression you'd never see Khan doing that but what I found fascinating and my favourite scene with Khan is when he so some people actually like Khan way more than they like the other kids like Logan's assistant and he found out what's going in Logan's shake and he's like yeah. All of those the, ingredients the, are to make your sperm better. Maca root and the baby which batter. Which made me think, though, oh, Con's trying to... Con wants to be a dad. Because how would he know that all those ingredients are to enhance oh, your sperm? Oh, that's interesting, yeah. So he... I think Con wants to have, like, this dynasty with Willow and he wants to be, like, the next president of all these kids and he's this whole Obama situation, like, envisioned for himself. I'm really rooting for Con. <laughs> I kind of, in a way, want him to be the next president of the United but States but I love that he says oh she told even me even that would be terrible so even like the, the secretary will talk to Con but she won't talk to the other yeah. kids because they're all so horrible whereas Con because they're always all trying to make moves around the company but Con's always just like but how will this help my campaign yeah so like Con will do anything even if it's like take cable in Europe <laughs> <laughs> if that means that you can be the president like every time he says anything it's like how will this work for my campaign so yeah Con's really enjoyable I, I wonder Con, about Con the actor if he wants to I wonder about the actor if he wishes that Con was in it more like I'd be jealous of the other three if I was him yes but I think he but he I gets think, to be there all the again, time again by putting him on the peripheral it makes him a more interesting character I yeah. think and I think I was really happy for him in this episode even though I think there's problems at the core of his relationship with him and Willow I mean, Clear, it's a transactional clearly she's not really into it in many ways and and like I just loved again back to the you know the writing and the strength of it her the way she accepted his proposal was with the words fuck it which <laughs> fuck it, says, nice. says so much about the reasons which she is saying yes but even when Roman's like oh my god she accepted everyone's so surprised but Roman did say to her you may as well accept he'll probably die in like 10 years anyway like, oh like everyone's so just awful. so outwardly acknowledging that she's only with him because he's rich <laughs> like if Khan had no yeah. money tomorrow like Willow would not be there um, okay I think we should go away and come back later because we're only on the first scene but we've got through Khan and our overall thoughts on the episode yeah um, so we will come back <laughs> we, we, uh, very shortly for you guys um, and we will talk about the siblings uh, the, the, the three other siblings and then the uh, the explosive Logan finale. and um, Tom yeah oh my god so good alright <laughs> see you in a bit Hi, we're back for a part two of the Succession season three finale spoiler special <laughs> we episode. Were, for reference, we were recording this uh, in the pitch black <laughs> Wednesday yeah. night, walking around Dave's mom's garden. Yeah, it's got it's like our schedule is so out of control between like it's just because of work and the kids. We're still working. We've got kids <laughs> trying to do a million things. We're trying to like not be really you know, rude when you're visiting someone, and you just like completely ignore we them go, we've, you'd remember that show we made you watch mom that you didn't know anything about we're now going to go walk around your house for an hour and talk about it while you mind our kids okay bye so we didn't so we ended up having to wait till the kids are in bed if one and of now, us breaks their ankle because we're walking around in the dark recording that would be pretty it would be an epic way to go um, okay so let's uh Let's recap. So we we spent about twenty minutes talking about the opening scene. So who knows how long this is going to take? So we're gonna um, we're we we spoke about Connor as well. As well. I, feel, I feel like we've we've covered Monopoly and Connor. Um, why don't we talk about the the meeting between uh, of two titans between the Gojo and Waystar Royco yeah. uh, CEOs and and head honchos Alexander Skarsgård whose name I forget Mads is that or, or Mass <laughs> I just think you're stereotyping um, people from, perhaps from Sweden <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're all called Mads over there um, so um, um, this is an interesting meeting doesn't quite go how uh, I think. I was expecting it Me to go neither. in the audience. I have to say Alexander Skarsgård is like is playing 
he's he's different than what I than what he normally is. Um, yeah, he's very I, good in this. I don't think it's that an, I love he's him. He's an interesting character. I don't love the casting. Oh, okay. I think he's good. I think he's a good actor. I you think, think he's, he's really miscast? Good. I just think it's the first time I like. I thought like when they brought Adrian Brody in, like I loved him. But like I just think Edgy Brody was perfect as this sort of billionaire hobo chic. Like if you're right? gonna bring like an actor I- into succession, because clearly now he's gonna be a huge character in season four. Yeah. I don't know. My only hope is because obviously he's really attractive. I'd love if him and Shiv hooked up next season. That's my new dream. I mean, that seems incredibly but unlikely. But he said sex is futile um, and he's, he doesn't care about well, it. Well, that's what that's <laughs> what was interesting to me in this scene, watching the two of them. They have. No interest in anything. They like he. Yeah, it's quite grim. At one, at one, it's really cynical. At one point, he says everything is boring. Everything is boring. He sounds like Oscar, um, four year old. He comes across much like Kendall. Um, you know, from the party to this, like everything is just com- incredibly boring to him. The, these people, you know, who, who, they just have everything, so nothing is interesting. Like I think mater- the material world is is nothing. It's pointless. Like and and they're surrounded in this. You know, the show brilliantly portrays the beauty of like Tuscany and these amazing villas and we and my mom as well we were watching this like oh my god it's stunning and these people are just like just bored like Logan goes so you want me to say your place is fucking nice or something yeah what do you want to do some small talk they're just like (laughs) they they don't give a shit and the other thing we forgot to talk about on the way over when Logan and Roman are in the boat and, and Roman again comes out with his rampant homophobia are you scared of pussy? Is it all screens or up the ass for you? That's yeah. the conversation him and Roman are making in the fucking boat. It's brutal. <laughs> it's just um, wild. The, um, that was also an uncomfortable thing to watch with your mom, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with no context. And then I had to turn to, and then I felt the need to apply the context. So I was like, oh, just so you know, mom, he sent, accidentally sent a dick pic meant I for a coworker. You said the word dick to your to, mom? To his, uh, to his dad. When you said uh, dick to your mom, I was actually How really else would you describe? A penis, penis picture? A penis picture. I would say a picture it's of a his penis. Pi- it's a dick pic. I would say a picture of his penis. You think my mom's not aware of the phrase dick pic? Yes, I do think she's not aware of it. But like, I mean, she is they are, they're, they are, <laughs> synonymous with political scandals they're everyday they're banal they're dick not pics are banal, banal. they're they, in the everyday they're news. not banal no <laughs> they're horrifying okay now, poll back. poll to the readers are dick pic the readers uh, no are dick pics, this are no dick pics banal <laughs> come on we're out of control <laughs> okay sorry um, no other thing that struck me in this scene is um, Logan's contempt for people right and we've kind of you know we've spoken a bit um, this season about how um, when when the you know the average person shows up, um, it's always quite unexpected. You know the homeless man who was branded by Kendall and and um, and Roman. Like it's always like this cre- incredible disparity when. Um, um, do you, do you want to like be in the moment here? Or are you just going to take pictures of the moon? <laughs> this is incredibly distracting. I'm like talking. I wanted to take a picture of the moon for our Instagram. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Like, do you want to have a conversation? This podcast is you and me having a conversation. It's not me addressing hundreds of people by myself and you taking pictures of the moon. Oh, but it is. Um, right, so um, what was I saying? I don't know. Anyway, oh yeah. You're the contempt, when they meet normal he, people. He, he has a really interesting bit of dialogue, which you don't have to hand, but like, when he speaks about, uh, when Logan speaks about when I came to this country, you know, um, he, he he says everyone was kind of lean and hungry and powerful and now they're all just like scrawny on meth and yoga that's it scrawny and on meth and yoga it's like he, he, he goes he's he got- goes do you want me to tell you what a pretty pecker you got which I really enjoyed um, and then uh, Mads Nicholson says to him we're flying like a fucking rocket ship and you're sinking like a red a lead balloon you can't become a tech leader because you and your company are too old and I think again we know Logan loves when someone plays hard to get I think so too I so think, like I, think Logan, I think Logan re- more admires this guy in this one meeting more than he has his kids their entire life because he's like oh he's a self-made man yeah he exactly he, admires, he loves yeah. that he admires it and he knows that the guy is telling the truth and is on it um, but isn't it really unfair of Logan because it's like he resents his kids so much because they're not self-made but like he raised them with a silver spoon and then that's a fucking rod to their backs because nothing they can ever do they were he'll damned. never be proud of them they because were, he'll be like you yeah, were raised exactly. with the silver spoon they were doomed from the start I think he was damned proud of do, Shiv you see because she had forged her own path and then as soon as she towed the line he just hated her 
Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I think it's really like it's such a it's such um, a fucked up dynamic. So then the scene ends with him sending Roman home in what is one of the most <laughs> obvious plays, right? Firstly, like we know Logan well enough to know what's going on here. I mean, how does Roman not spot it straight away? Like he doesn't but say Roman's fuck off to the guy. He doesn't. Roman's like in the, we, Yeah, know. I think Roman cannot believe what he he refuses to believe what is happening. He keeps to his siblings. He keeps trying to explain it away like he's got a plan you know, he he's the last one to acknowledge what the dad is doing but I think we also we've learned throughout the seasons that like Roman has the most probably like overtly and maybe physically abusive relationship with the dad and Roman is so so proud of himself that this season he's like doing well at work he's daddy's number I one know. little boy and like the dad he, he's so enthralled with his dad that I think that's why we see at the end Roman breaks down the most because he really thinks that like his dad really wants him to succeed and like that his dad really loves him and he says at the end what do I have I have love and I, and I think that's why he refuses to believe what's going on in this scene like he kind of knows but he's like nah there's no way That's one he of also the most... doesn't want to tell Shiv though because when she's like what happened he's like nothing because I think he's like a bit embarrassed that he got sent away yes you're right he's been the making shame. such a big deal exactly. of how he's like and, and he's been keeping one. her out of everything anyway and it implies that he's kind of in on it until it all comes crashing down yeah like down. in the last episode or the episode before for Kendall's birthday when he was so awful he's like oh fuck you me and dad have done a deal without you like he's so horrible to Shiv in that moment because yeah. he he loves excluding people, but as soon as he's being excluded, he's like a little baby who breaks down. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the three of them then, because this episode, this is their episode, right? This is siblings unite. Yeah. Um, you know, Connor has kind of stepped away. He's had his peace, and he's gone off to with Willow to be a nice guy and stay out of and this. Have kind babies. Of thing. And have babies. And um, <laughs> have babies. Super sperm babies. You know, so this is really it's their story, and I mean, I think what I like about this season which has just been amazing like let's take a pause and just say yeah. it's ridiculous how good this show is it's almost trite to be like Succession's amazing but it's almost like it I is. don't understand how everyone in the world <laughs> it feels like everyone is watching it but if you're not if, if, if you're not watching it, you're not listening to this but Jesus no one's Christ, listening to this who doesn't watch everyone it. needs to watch it so Though we did get our I, friends Rose and Nile onto it recently we did we found uninitiated we um so the the season kind of starts and kicks off with you know, I think it was episode two to be fair, but that that um, that episode where they're all in Kendall's house and they're all together, yeah. And their attempt, there's this moment where they might unite, and it kind of all falls apart thanks to some donuts. Um, which inc- <laughs> that's all the dad has to do to which, knock their deals at that early. They're much stronger in this episode. And well, well, only because they are, you know, they're kind of forced into the corner, right? Well, they realise what's know. happening, basically. They weren't able to... I think n- they would not have been able to unite because Roman and Shiv, clearly, like, when, when you know, they, they will side with the dad unless the odds are completely stacked against them in this case. If they, they were they were set to lose everything they wanted, that's the, that's what forced their hand. So it's it's almost not, like, a big jump... A, a big, brave jump for them in many ways. But... um. But the, the scene where they why did they suddenly how did they suddenly find out something was amiss was it because Jerry and Frank and your man all suddenly disappeared yeah they figure out they just figure out right so Roman sent away from the from the meeting so that's a that's a red flag uh, Jerry and Frank are suddenly they, they get hear the rumour that they are in the country which they weren't before um the be- Greg finds out on my favourite um, one of my favourite lines in this episode he finds out on uh, a service called Lucky Slack um, I was wondering I missed that because the dialogue was too quickly I didn't know what Greg so was talking funny. about so funny it's obviously like a Slack channel where all the lackeys communicate um, <laughs> Lucky Slack <laughs> that the, he find out that the finance people um, have come to Italy and they're all complaining that the pillows are too hard right okay um, so that's that's what they, they get they get tipped off that there's big movement happening like Logan has mobilised a team and something's happening fast right and none of them know anything about it so they obviously feel like they're being like they are very competent and aware and hyper aware of business movements and they've things got move spidey so fast senses. so they, they do they, they, and they were correct um, and then so then it's like Shiv and Roman are like fuck we need to get Kendall because he's like knows the most about the business and we which, need which I liked I was like yeah they were trying to bring him in and he and just poor Kendall again I felt so bad for him in this moment he's had a you know he's had a he's just like no a suicide attempt he's having a mental breakdown his 
self perspective his reality is 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 falling apart you know what does he say i feel this like is where he says he says you can you guys do it without me i don't want to get into it shiv i'm not here and to say i'm not here is quite dark and yeah. then he says there's I don't something feel wrong connected with me. to my family. I'm not feeling connected to my kids or my endeavors. And he's saying, I'm I'm not a good person. And Roman's like, whatever, you're fine. He says, I'm bad. Roman's like, lighten up, glum, glum. And then he's like, I killed a kid at your wedding. It's fucking lonely. I'm all apart. Um, And then, and, and what was really interesting about this moment is that Shiv and Roman, I mean, obviously, unless you're now a complete psychopath, they do stop thinking about the business and tune into Kendall and up, say like up, up what until happened? she gets a phone call and yes. I do love when Shiv's like you ruined my wedding in so many ways <laughs> um, but what's interesting is when he explains what happened and I actually had forgotten that he had jumped back in a little bit and tried to look for the guy and when he's explaining it Roman actually says if it pleases the court it sounds like you didn't kill him he killed him the road and the water killed him this is a hero story I would have been out of there like a tabby cat out of a bath and he's like, and Roman really, makes jokes like, this is why there was no good service at the wedding. I waited 40 minutes for a gin and tonic. But this is Roman. This is Roman's attempt at making Kendall feel better. And that's his, you know, it's his weapon. Humor is his default position to everything. He says, but who hasn't clipped a kid him. with the porch? Who has, hasn't clipped a kid with the porch? I've killed kids too. He's like, and then Kendall's just like, I'm blown into a million pieces. But Kendall does start laughing because Ro- Roman's actually working. He like, makes him laugh. And, and I laugh, love that. Yeah. That's such a beautiful moment because Shiv and... Roman are doing their best to uh, reach out to Kendall um, and make him feel better and they are ill-equipped because of their upbringing in many ways to do it and there's that that shot which you put on our Twitter and everyone's sharing of the three of them you know Kendall on the on the floor and Roman's kind of standing behind him and Shiv's standing kind of with her fingers just on his head and it's It's kind of it's it's they're, they're not a physical family they're not good at emotions you know Roman even says the throwaway line when she walks away to the phone goes, oh you're just going to leave me here with all the feelings yeah. like they're not comfortable doing it they're not good at it but they're trying and I think that is what really got to me I thought it was really beautiful <laughs> yeah, that, that Roman moment. tried to make his it, it just reminded me of that like again you come back to that line earlier in the season where he says no I'm not signing that letter he helped me hold my pee pee I know like, it's, it's the same brother. but as he's he's applying humour to, to and levity to situations um, but he actually says to him like, it's the way he the translates right his feelings and he says I wouldn't have even jumped in after him which you we know what is also true we know Roman wouldn't have yeah um, and then whereas his dad him. uses the same information to blackmail and extort his son and manipulate him right yeah, so like it shows Logan, you all the stuff Kendall's saying is like, think how the whole thing was handled. Like, obviously Kendall is responsible for his own actions, and Kendall and Kendall acted awfully. That did result in someone's death, but immediately how well, his dad handled it in the aftermath was a very sinister cover-up, which was probably unnecessary. Um, like, I think that's the Lo- worst like thing Logan that Kendall did. He, he 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 he. It's the what Kendall did in the aftermath. But it was all covered up. But his dad covered it up. As leverage as well, as well as not wanting scandal for his own family, he just wanted something to hold yeah, he's over. Got something over. And he son. says, "Your daddy's little boy, number one boy." But like at this moment, then when Shiv's like, "Fuck, we have to go!" Like it's about to happen. And then I just love this kind of change where Kendall suddenly back to the Kendall we used to know, the business Kendall, and well, he's like, the- "Can I be with you guys?" Because he can't be on his own. He gets in the car. They explain what's happening, and he's straight away like, "He can't sanction a deal without us." Well, Kendall understands yes, all the logistics. Ke- Kendall saves them. Ken- Kendall's <laughs> the guy is because he got the inside track. He knows this stuff inside out. Yeah. We saw, you know, in season two when. Kendall just got into the books and gutted that company and fired all those people. Like, like we are like we have to believe that like Kendall's, how to business. He's just turned forty. Like my understanding is, well, how it probably worked is Kendall probably did like an MBA in Harvard or something. He's probably worked in the business for like at least ten years, if not fifteen years, yeah. at a senior level. Whereas Shiv only came in in season two, and Roman always just had fake jobs until recently. They and they actually, you know, there's a moment. There's this beautiful moment when they're in the taxi. And they kind of say like, I think we actually will be a good team. This will be kind of fun. And we can says, fight Kendall over it. I'm looking chair. forward like, to it. Kendall will be chair of the board because they all know Kendall is not now able to be CEO. And then she says, me or Roman can be CEO. We can do it together. And Kendall's like, uh, Roman's this- like, I actually think that like working with you guys he says something like working with you guys could be like really great yeah which is and he says it, I think we could puke make a pretty good team which is I, I love this this is Roman <laughs> rare moment of like he loves his honesty living. from yeah. Roman because Roman plays by default the 
a, a cynical humor to everything. You know, fucking, you know, fucking... You, Ken, you but also yeah, he Roman just, would... He, he never shows his feelings and he... Two episodes ago, let's not forget that Roman also actually physically pushed Kendall over. Oh yeah, this is party. the thing. They're awful people and, and they make you forget. <laughs> and but, then but Shin in, makes her fatal phone call to Tom. I know. Tom, well, okay. This do you want to go into Tom now or do I you want to go into just, the confrontation? Let, all right, let's talk about that. I think we should just go through it sequentially now. Okay, so... She's basically like, Tom, this is what's happening. Me and my siblings are going to run the business. You need to run a smear campaign about dad on the news. And he's like, okay, but what position have you thought about where I am in this? Yeah, She's where like, do I fit into all this? Oh, Which is yeah, a question yeah. that Tom has been asking he her. Asked, yeah. It's like his catchphrase. What about me? Where, where, where do I fit? And she never, she, she an is answer. always surprised by the question. <laughs> she should have been immediately, you're going to be CFO. She I mean, should have had some brilliant title for him. I think a lot of people are talking about how Tom betrayed <laughs> Shiv, but Shiv betrayed Tom and has been betraying him with a thousand tiny daggers um, he just gave one big dagger to her at the end Shiv has continuously mistreated her husband yeah Tom has actively betrayed her I would say uh, yeah, okay. they made an agreement on the phone Shiv has never gone back in an agreement with Tom that we've seen they made an agreement on the phone they hung up she's gone back in the agreement of uh, their marriage what agreement well she, she was like Sleeping around when he wasn't comfortable with it. Yeah, she but she was... told him that she wants an open marriage. Yeah, okay. Like, All right. I'm not suggesting in any way that Shiv's a good wife, by the way. I'm just saying that, like, what? Tom you, you think did. she's been relatively honest with him? Is I think she's saying? been relatively honest, and like, and also when he said like I'm gonna go to prison, she never tried to talk him out of it. Like, she's not nice, and like she's not making him feel wanted. But like, Tom. She's like, why do we keep talking? He's a this? really good opening here, and he in that conversation with Greg initially, we were like, what are Tom and Greg? talking about and then I was like oh they kind of, they were trying to make it look like they were talking about Logan but yeah what they, I thought they were as, no because as soon as they were saying they were going to sell their souls the hilarious yeah, thing about that, the scene is that Greg didn't even know what Tom was talking about and Greg just agreed and to Greg it. just agreed but, but that is consistent <laughs> with Greg because Greg um Greg goes along with whatever is happening in whatever conversation he's in at any given time. Well, Greg's like, got swag he, in this episode because, like, as yeah, an Greg aside, has changed during the wedding. He's like, I think I've got it. Like, I've actually got a, a chance with the princess, and um, and he's ha- loving himself. He's between the princess and the pure girl, and he turns to the pure the princess, and he's like, I love weddings, and then he turns to the pure girl and goes, Oh, kill me now! But this is but this is exactly <laughs> my point with Greg. He he says to everybody whatever they want to hear, and but he also, but he also stands up to somebody Roman, though. Who, Yes, because you're but, but, a self-admitted sex pervert. But this is the first. This is Greg Breaking Bad. He's yeah. becoming. He's gained confidence. Did you notice he stutters less? He's more confident in this yeah. episode. His stature is different. He finally like got laid. Nicholas um, Braun plays it. Re- plays Greg differently here. Um, and and but what I what is dark to me is how eager. Greg is in that moment he's leaning in and he's smiling because he's on the in which he never normally is but he's also just excited like and and it's really twisted and sinister the dialogue like don't forget that like at the end of the last season at the end of the last season Greg was the one who like went to Kendall with the papers like Greg Greg's the one early this season who was like trying to negotiate like Greg, the director yeah, of parts Greg he has been seduced by the lifestyle yeah. by all of it all the stuff that has left Logan and Maz Mickelson and Tom goes uh, uh, hollow and empty <laughs> Tom goes attack dog Greg Weiler you you could be heading away from the endless middle you towards could, the bottom of the lost top such a good line and you could, have have your own, you could have your own Greg you he could goes, have 20 Greg Greg's. he goes you could have 20 Greg sell your soul and then Greg goes what can I do with the soul anyway and then one of them says souls are boring and then they're just leaping around and hugging <laughs> I've seen people saying that this is the most romantic scene in uh <laughs> In the show's history, which I kind of like, and you know, we've spoken about that. You know, somebody no, cut together a rom com trailer for these two. I think the most romantic scene was when Roman asked his girlfriend to pretend she was dead so that they could have sex. Oh, God, stop. The, and, and, and I think a lot has been made of the, you know, the obvious sort of uh, foreshadowing of this with the Nero and Spuros things, where I think we might have talked about it in our part one, I can't remember, where, you know, Nero uh, betrayed his pregnant wife uh, and. Uh, marries his slave Spuros like it's it's kind of is it's a bit almost <laughs> a bit narratively neat he even calls him Spuros by the way I saw people the, speculating online that she's pregnant she's not pregnant because it was the last episode which is the same day yeah, that they had the same sex day. and what yeah. she suddenly stopped taking the pill that takes months to wear off yeah, I, so th- no. I think you're right now I have a question for you right yeah um, do you think that Tom has 
been giving information to Logan about the siblings throughout this entire season no. or this was the moment. I don't think so. Right. I agree with you because a lot of the internet is speculating. People are trying to find... Uh, people are implying... No, agreed to fall on a sword. That's what he'd done. And then in the last episode he found out he just yes, to go to prison. Yes, but people are finding all these clues now because it's the internet. No, and I saw one of the clues you sent me where they're like, oh, in episode Tom, three. Tom tipped him off about the siblings meeting and Tom gave, told him to send the donuts because he was in the room with Logan. That's one thing people are saying. What, as if Tom would say, send donuts? No, he didn't tell him to send the donuts, but he told him the kids were meeting because they, Shiv phones Tom from there and Tom is with Logan. It does kind of make sense. But Maybe. But I don't think I, think I just what Tom did think, here Was on the fly I just think it's more I, I agree I think this is the big Turning point for Tom And I think it's yeah. more interesting I think a if lot of people said, Are looking for I love for, you I love you And you're going to be CFO Tom would not have Turned but on there's, them there's, Yeah and I, and I think People are just looking For clues but Like Tom's clue, been um, Doing this the whole time It's internet, been going on For a long time That clue where it's like Tom phoned a lawyer Yeah in called like, Rex something In an episode then, Early episode And then that's the same lawyer Who's doing the divorce Paperwork reworking today But like But that would have Just been the family lawyer That's why Tom would have Phoned him And also it doesn't Make sense guys I'm talking to the internet now It doesn't <laughs> make sense This theory that Tom Has been betraying Shiv This whole season and has had Logan's ear because why would he have courted Kendall at all then in that episode he was clearly yeah. very nervous uh, about the whole thing and was was cons- I genuinely but believe we saw was considering him Logan. jumping we saw to the Kendall scene. He, him and Logan were in a studio and he said like I'll go to prison for you and Logan's like you're not even going to ask for anything and Tom's like no yes but no, the internet's <laughs> saying he, all this stuff was happening that we didn't see where he was feeding Logan information no, about the so. Yeah, I'm but with anyway, you I completely agree whether or not he was it doesn't really matter because what pushed him over the end here was that Shiv didn't give a fuck about him yeah and like that and scene, we were so pumped. Like we we're so pumped for the gang getting together. Like we we're like yes when they go into the room to the dad and like everyone's sitting there. And what a scene! An, I'll, I'll remember this scene any notes for the it, rest of my life. I couldn't take notes when I was watching the scene because it was just like it's so much. And that's where I actually really want to watch the scene again. But it just all the dad is like he treats them all. He basically is like his tactics for dealing with all the kids are just wild with Kendall he's like get him out of here I don't even want to look at him he wants to blank Kendall yeah. with Shiv he's but like, he wants nah, them nah, nah, nah. he wants them to do it that's the other thing yeah, he wants he's his, splitting up the yeah, he's he says them. get him out of here to the kids and that's always his tactic he he wants to separate them he wants to yeah. he wants Kendall to be exiled can he go nut nut like he says to them he wants Shiv he's doing misogynistic way of like me 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 when she's talking which men do to women and then with Roman he's like come here boy you know you're my number one like he's got his ways of manipulating them and when they all particularly Roman now you see Kendall doesn't give a fuck at this point Kendall is so checked out yeah. that Kendall is like the stalwart in and, the group and Shiv Shiv is you know Shiv yeah. has wavered this whole season but she is determined in this whole scene oh my god how she plays it is amazing, amazing. they're literally like her eyes if you're not oh give my god she's ah, she's seething she's, she's seething. so angry but with they're him. like I think Shiv I think they've always had this notion that like if it's one of them they'll end up accepting it but as soon as it's going to be none of them yeah they are fucking livid um, again I still think they're all complete freaks that they ever think any of them are going to get it but that's beside the point but like Roman's like the last like Roman finds it really hard to be like no dad I'm sticking with my siblings and then the dad just fucking loses it he's just like you're fucking pedestrian and then he it's almost so the, fucked up he'd that, already removed their power but he still wanted to see if he could dominate them before telling them he'd remove their power exactly and I, and I th- exactly he wanted to he, he was testing them but the, the, he, and he knew he was going to win the whole time that's why it's so sadistic that he still did that to them and Jerry and, and Frank the, and everyone's just sitting there watching like cold and silent but like a front well, door a front row seat to this mad family but like a uh, patron uh, of the podcast and a friend of mine Joe Kylie um, uh, texted me he said now we know how Jerry Frank and Carl have survived so long yeah right they're just in they're just they they ride the wave exactly they've been riding waves for decades <laughs> um the I, I, the, the other thing uh, <laughs> the cat wants us to play with him the cat's like what are you doing you're walking past me a hundred <laughs> times um the the ones that the ones that the, the lines that got me here was um when Logan says to them uh, stop talking now you're taking pictures of the cat <laughs> this is the worst pictures nobody wants to see your pictures on the, the close friends Instagram guys if you want to see blurry pictures of the moon and, and, a, and, a, and a cat head to the Instagram pa- Patreon channel um, um, 
when when he says uh, make your own fucking pile I loved that this is my pile what are you going to do with your five billion dad well it's my pile of money go make your own fucking pile I mean he's pile. right the thing about Logan he is, is right. like I'm sorry now but if Oscar tried to come and take the cinema off us do you know what Oscar make your own fucking podcast <laughs> like you're not entitled to your parents company but because their whole life they've been told they are. And We're selling this podcast to Netflix for <laughs> five billion, by the way. But like their whole life they've been primed and preened and like told that they should be wanting this business. So now they think they want it. But in reality, guys, just fuck off. Like this whole scene <laughs> is so interesting to me because emotionally I'm so invested in the kids getting back on the dad. I'm so devastated to them as to what their mom did because it was brutal. I feel so sad for Roman as he like buckles on the floor and his siblings hold him together. So all those emotions and then I also have my practical emotions of you're, you're like, a bunch wake of fucking up. spoiled brats. Yeah. There's so much good you could be doing in the world and here you are pissing around the world on private jets polluting the world and it's all bullshit because you're all billionaires and Logan's right. You actually have no fucking entitlement to his business. So I'm in such two minds when I'm thinking about the show but when I'm in it when I'm watching it I'm like they deserve the business well, it's just <laughs> they sad. should get Logan out is, I wanted it, to it, see the news I wanted to see Tom do the news about Logan being old and doddery and not able for the job because what <laughs> yeah. they wanted to do was what they'd done to the president yeah exactly and, and, exactly. I, and Logan does deserve that so like but it's not going to happen they all deserve what's coming to them but as we said in the last episode it's like all the people they took for granted so like Greg Jerry um, Tom Tom Everyone that they've taken for granted is now not sending by them because, of course, who would have any loyalty to these people? What surprises me, though, what really surprised me is that, and I just don't understand, I'm sure it's legally accurate or they wouldn't have put it in, how divorce terms that were negotiated some 30 years ago that that gave things to the children so that ownership to the children how that could be undone. all you have to know is that he's got the best lawyers <laughs> in the world he's got teams of them they probably undid the holding company somehow right there's loopholes they probably had a clause in, in Mark, it that like can Mark be negotiated Zuckerberg did it to, to his friend didn't he if you believe the yeah, social but network probably not right who, who gets a call out in this episode by the way yeah just so that I they enjoyed can say that. they hate him just so they can say they hate him but to say that like I don't know like to say that something that you gave your your kids via your wife in a divorce settlement years ago to take that away is one of the lowest crummiest shittiest things that Logan could do and for the mom to be on the other end going I don't want anything to do with this like I'm getting out of here it's my wedding I'm happy for my husband and Shiv is just livid because Shiv's just gone and done this speech for her mom Shiv is the one who the mom really kind of seduced in this episode pretty awful speech though so but go on. Yeah, but it was kind of like Shiv did say, like, I'm actually jealous of you that you get to spend time with my mom, which I thought was a very honest moment. Like, she does miss her mom too. And like this and combined it when you met the mom in was it season two or season one? Season two. This combined when you met the mom last time, it's like, God, the mom doesn't give a shit about them either. Like No. The mom's also under Logan's spell. But they really are all alone. But I, I that, that's what I love about them being together now, this united front. I and know, I'm dying to see where season four... Like, I, know, I'm I, d- I don't know where they're going to go when now. When we see cause... that scene of like Shiv, Shiv looks out the door and sees Logan patting Tom on the back. And then Tom comes in and acts all concerned and Shiv doesn't say anything. Her face is just fucking... She oh, what a good... I love that they finished on that frame. I love that they finished. And yeah. then someone we saw on Twitter pointed out that frame of like Shiv sitting and Tom's hands on her shoulders exactly like one of the frames in the credits of Shiv and Logan when she's yes, a kid. Yes, very good. I'm, I'm, my presumption will be that when we come into season four, Shiv and Tom are divorced or divorcing. Yeah, I feel Shiv like... Not, I feel why like would we she need, stay with him We need that? a time jump. I'd almost love if the kids set up their own rival company somehow and then it's just a company battle well it's interesting because Logan but then Logan's out technically but Logan was like no but when he was kind of negotiating with your man when we heard him he oh was he wants still a, like, ch- a seat on the board and all that yeah. and, and then and your man did say um, Selen Skarsgård did say like you know I actually would want I would treat your kids fairly and like take them on their merits like Kendall's right. out like Kendall's not trying to get back into that company and you could tell that from yeah. that whole scene Kendall, and Kendall already told his dad in the last episode I want out and he said to the guys I'm out I'm not here he was just doing this to fuck his dad because he hates his dad yeah but with I, you kind of have this sad feeling that like Roman will still try and be part of the company Tom has presumably will get a really good position now so now I'm I'm really curious as to where season 4 could go because probably even Shiv will now have checked out because like okay her own husband dad and mother have betrayed her she has no unless she maybe gets with Selin Skarsgård I can't really see how she would have any claim to the company at this point 
It's a real Yeah it's a real she challenge She does still have a seat She has that seat on the board That she why negotiated do you, you herself just like, Why do you just want her To get with Stellan Skarsgård <laughs> I just want some action <laughs> You just want some there's, Some, there's some never steamy any, sex scene there's never any Romantic stuff in succession Yes so. there is Did you not hear me earlier Talk about the Tom and Greg scene <laughs> Nero and Spiros What more do you want Because I enjoyed in, Was it season one When she was like Having her affair With her co-worker yeah, I, I don't kind know. of enjoyed that subplot. No, anyway, um, the moment, uh, Kendall didn't bring his girlfriend to the wedding, which I thought was interesting. I oh yes, on there. good point. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I, so I just want that. everyone in the comments to tell us, like, what the hell do you think is going to happen next season? Because I can't. We, they're obviously making another season, but I can't see. Yeah, very curious to hear what you guys think. I, I think it's. A, but I love. I think I love when shows do this when they write themselves into somewhere narratively interesting rather than rather season, than just maintaining the status quo for another season or yeah, returning the end of last season and the end of season one we could really clearly see a path to the following season like the yeah. ne- end of last season was like yes Kendall's taking Logan to court now it's like they're it just defeated can I, can but I, as you say they're united and that's an interesting dynamic I think it is season. interesting and I think the um, con for president another thing I saw pointed out on uh, on oh, con for president yes please uh, another thing I, I saw pointed out on the uh, succession subreddit which I'm devouring at the moment <laughs> was that the um uh, this is this uh, 29th episode of Succession and it was uh, set at a wedding with a huge betrayal <laughs> and the 29th episode of Game of Thrones was the Red Wedding um, um, which I is... doubt they timed that but that's and, just a coincidence and another, th- another weddings are often a setting for drama though it's the end of season one as well another parallel I hadn't uh, yeah and I know there was a lot of weddings they're just emotional times where you you will have a big group together they in a new location they do big family events well but no but, but also a... if you think it always it's a way of having all the characters in a room in a potentially new location with lots of heightened emotions and actually that's been Succession's kind of trick for each of the episodes they pick you know Kendall's birthday party yeah. the big shareholder meeting they pick an event I think the red wedding thing is like yeah that's like maybe a handy I, I just thought it was an interesting uh, point the same amount of episodes had passed but the um, uh, and this does feel like red wedding level stuff to but me it has the same amount of episodes passed or has someone just written that on reddit I mean, yes, it's the same. It's it was season and episode nine, season three. Yeah, but how many episodes are in each season of Succession versus how many episodes in each season of ten in each? But this is episode twenty nine. Do you not want me, you, you want you you want me to? I what? want you to have your facts straight. It's twenty nine for both. <laughs> I saw it on Reddit. It's a <laughs> yeah, fact. So that's not a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another thing I enjoyed was the um, there this the commonalities that have been drawn between this and Arrested Development, which I've never noticed before. You've got a um. Hor- horrible um, Horrible dad Who's under um, uh, Scrutiny For his uh, Company's d- uh, Dealings uh, And His son And his children Who he pits against each other The eldest son uh, Being completely uh, Ridiculed by the rest of the family And out of the loop The next eldest son Running the whole thing And being the heir to the thing And doing all the work And not getting any of the credit um, There's a lot of lot of interesting commonalities Which uh, Was pointed out to uh, Jeremy um, or Jesse Armstrong in an interview uh, and he said he hadn't consciously done it but he acknowledges all the similarities so who's your M- I know I said Jesse Armstrong is my MVP but I was being a bit facetious but for me writing. it's Jeremy Strong um, always isn't he just the MVP of the season really Jeremy Strong is so, like I, I think he's been in the you know he's been in the in the news a lot because of the New York we haven't, I don't think we've talked about it on this but the, you know that New Yorker profile that was done of him yeah for anyone who hasn't um, read it it's a really interesting very long profile that the New Yorker wrote about his kind of acting method and history and he comes across as someone who's very intensely serious actor and maybe someone like you probably wouldn't want to hang out with yeah I, th- I personally thought I mean it's getting uh, it, it's created a, a, a bit of a stir in the in the acting community people like Aaron Sorkin and Jessica Chastain who've worked with Jeremy Strong coming out like uh, crit- criticising the article and trying to defend Jeremy Strong but he doesn't I come kind across of think, as an asshole that's though. the thing I think it's all a bit much it's not like the man the man like had a really high profile piece written about him which said Essentially, I mean, look, it it, it it kind of does feel a little snide at times, but it's it like it does feel snide. There's an agenda. I think the person wrote it intended on it feeling a bit a snide. little bit of an agenda, maybe. But, but however, it's just like it's still a New Yorker piece saying that he is really committed to acting and gets amazing results. The man's not being cancelled. Like, calm it's down, everyone. He doesn't need from, he doesn't need your defense. It's like full Chris of Evans, for him. like Captain America, talks about how he idolized Jeremy Strong from the age of eight because he's that good an actor. Yeah. Like Dustin it, Hoffman and. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis are his mentors. Like what? this just the, makes the, me laugh when I think of what tabloids have written about women 
and female actresses in the past how people can be treated and mocked in newspapers and then this guy gets essentially a rave review that's a bit snarky in the New Yorker, yeah. and Aaron Sorkin and everyone like, rushes to his defence releases a statement Aaron Sorkin released a statement via Jessica Chastain Spinner <laughs> who's like Aaron doesn't have social media but he really needs to say that Jesse uh, or Jeremy Strong's an incredible actor yeah, we know that. He's the yeah, fucking that, best actor that was on what TV. The, like, that's what the New Yorker piece said. Like, he's the anyway. MVP of the season. He's almost been our MVP of every episode. Interested to hear everyone else's thought, because I think there's a, there is an interesting an conversation around it. And um, and like, you if you haven't read the article, we, we'll link it. to it here if you haven't read yeah. it. And and do uh, do read it. It's very long, but it's, I think, a really, really well-written piece. And he got incredible amount of access to him, the journalist. Because um, they appear to have known each other since they were in college or but, something. But the vibe I get from Jeremy Strong, and this is why he's the MVP of the episode and the season for me, is is the vibe I get from this article and watching the show is that he's an incredibly committed professional. He, yeah. like, and whatever about, I think it's clear that his acting methods um, don't always gel with uh, co-workers potentially some of, of the co-workers on this show the, the co-workers in succession that are quoted which is um, Kieran Culkin and Brian Cox yeah are they basically say that like he, Brian Cox almost says in kind of a fatherly way like he, he needs life, to look after himself he makes life yeah. hard for himself because Brian Cox it says is in the old fa- fashioned method of acting where you turn it on you turn it off whereas Jeremy Strong like kind of isolates himself from the cast and like gets really intensely into the scenes but like but that really works because Kendall is isolated from them and like Roman Kieran Culkin says it makes it a bit harder for him that they don't kind of prep together but at the same time I think their dynamic is absolutely electric on screen so it works yeah, exactly but like what he's getting while amazing Jeremy Strong, results he gets but I also think to the other actors credit like one of the reasons Jeremy Strong is just getting all this praise from us included is because he has probably in a cast of incredibly interesting characters he just is always the heart and always is the most interesting. He's been given constantly given the most interesting plot. I would have always said that until this season where I think Kieran Culkin now I'm actually thinking Kieran Culkin is maybe the MVP of this season. I don't think he is so because he's still not they've they've softened him and made us a bit more interested in him, but he's not been on the like the emotional journey we've seen Kendall be on. Yeah, and how Kendall yeah. speaks he, he in this show, in this episode about like he's disconnected from his children and his endeavours. Like what a way of speaking. And even in this whole episode, like, I don't know, because Shiv is just so unbelievable and Roman's so unbelievable and Brian Cox's unbelievable and Jerry is and know, How do you... How, <laughs> there's such an incredible ensemble. And that's and that's not even, like, talking about, about Matthew and McFadden and, Nick, and Nicholas Braun. Like, like just... This is this is the best ensemble on, on TV. It's the best thing on out there, to be honest, that I've seen this year. So what is your... Do you have a line of the episode? Um... I have two, I, I think. think the one I don't have it to hand now, but uh, oh yeah, no. So it was um, uh, this isn't an amazing line or anything, but it's just I found it really affected me. Was when Logan says to Roman in that finale scene, you know, what are you, what have you got? Like, what's your leverage? And he says, I don't know, love. And he says, you come, you know, you come, you come for me with love. You come in here, guns in hands, and you talk about love. Yeah. And I just thought that was like that summed up Logan to me his um, you know I talked earlier about his uh, his scorn and his disregard for people you know he calls his children pedestrians right and that's the biggest insult he, he can think of I think and love is also something he has no time for and and, it's, and that, that sums up yeah everything even Logan's relationship with his wife is just a deal so I have two fun lines it means lines, nothing to him favourite lines of the episodes no I've probably got three favourite lines of the episodes so Khan, when he said um, my campaign is fucked and you're going to leave me and I love you I just love that line from Khan because it just sums up his whole life in that one line um, Shiv I really enjoyed when she said um I hope your marriage is as rich, rewarding and fulfilling as mine. It was one of the funniest lines of the yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you think she... Do you think she She's te- means again, it? She was deliberately belittling Tom. Oh, right. That's what I think that was another fucking jab from God. Shiva, Tom. And then finally... She really had a call. My absolute line of the episode is when Tom said, you're playing Crash away from being the weirdest king yes. in Europe. Yes, no, that's, that is amazing. <laughs> the whole Luxembourg I mean, thing. all the Kendall lines about falling apart and being disconnected from his body, they're very deep. And um, But yeah, my but, takeaway is like just the constant humour in this show is just on top of all of this like imagine being Jesse Armstrong being able to write like that what a balance to be able to <laughs> balance like that that like just like 
empathy and cynicism and just da- real darkness and, and, then, le- and then levity like, and make us laugh I mean make it's, us root for characters that we really despise is like quite something it's an absolute and, and like it, there's not a minute of, of this show that is wasted like it just feels so lean doesn't here, it it's Every quarter episode. to ten on a Wednesday night we're walking up and down your mom's garden to talk about this, <sighs> this show I could talk That's about it forever <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do without it I feel like just life's not going to be I want to do as um, good. I actually really like doing weekly episodes about a TV show but it has to be a brilliant TV show to warrant doing it we've recorded a what we've been watching it's a that big we'll commitment so, so what, like, what, is there anything good enough for us to do we've recorded a what we've been watching on stuff we've been watching lately including and just like that which some of you asked about so we'll publish that this week um, but yeah if, like, are there any shows that are actually good enough to warrant this level of discussion or do we just like and just like that I'm going to do a full season review at the end like we often do Um but yeah, let's have a think because this has been really fun. We love yeah, let us know in the comments if we there's something the you do want us let to us look at. Let us know if you think there's anything truly worthy of weekly episodes. Um, who your MVP of the episode was, the season was, favourite lines, theories for next season. Keep it all coming. Yeah, you've got a lot of homework, guys. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see, you, see then, you in the comments. Sorry for releasing this two parts. Let's keep the chat going. We just want it to be as epic as possible with the finale. <laughs> all right. Bye, bye. everyone. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.